Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Blog Talk Radio. edition of Don't Let It Go Unheard. That's the podcast where we discuss news, politics, and sometimes culture from the perspective of Ayn Rand's philosophy. I'm your host, Amy Peikoff, and joining me at this very second is cartoonist Bosch Faustin. And I would say, Bosch, of all the starting the show by the seat of your pants shows that we've ever had in our entire life, this is the most. Yeah. I have absolutely no notes, program notes yeah. at my blog right now at don'tletitgo.com. I have a number of links that I'm going to keep adding there throughout the show. I'm actually going to add them live as we're speaking, but you know what the topic for today is. The topic for today is this horrible atrocity in Oklahoma, and uh, we're going to be talking about how our government's policy has contributed to this incident happening where, I mean, everyone, I would say, in the entire country feels less safe today. Would you Absolutely, agree? Absolutely, yeah. I definitely agree. Definitely agree. My heart dropped when I, when I first heard about it. So I'm thinking, and the one thing I would like to do is compare a little bit of news coverage of the event. For those of you who don't know, atrocity. the event, the atrocity, there is, uh, there was a company in Oklahoma, a food processing company, is that correct, Bosch? Yes. Yes. And there is a man who reportedly was trying to convert people to Islam on the job. Co-workers, yeah. His co-workers, et cetera. They weren't receptive, uh, probably for that reason, maybe well, some was, uh, other reasons. Arrested, I think, 10 times at least. Yeah, he barely got out of prison Converted in spring of 2013. Prison, which mm-hmm. is uh, very, very common to convert in prison. It's the ultimate prison religion. You know, it's it's, it's the most popular uh, religion from by uh, prisoners. And one thing about that, uh, as I wrote in the Infra, one is they don't have to end their criminal ways as long as they keep clear of Muslims. Non-Muslims, any, anything goes. So I guess for a variety of workplace misconduct, which may have included 
trying to convert his co-workers to Islam, he was let go. And he comes back and just lashes out. He tries to go after as many as he can. Yeah. Luckily, there was a COO who was what an off-duty police officer on the scene with, with a, gun. a gun. And this man who was wielding a knife and only a knife was shot. And that's the only thing that stopped him. He yeah. would have continued. He beheaded a woman, Colleen Hufford, 54, and stabbed another woman, was in the process of stabbing her when he was shot. And the yeah. only thing that stopped him from killing her. And killing others. And killing more was that he was shot. This is in Oklahoma, in the United States. This is not overseas. No, this is different. This is not in the Middle East, ISIS. This is here. And I, for me, I couldn't imagine anybody thinking that some other story was more important today. Yeah. I also couldn't imagine, I mean, this is what happened. When, when I heard about this this morning, I decided, okay, I'm going to tune into Rush Limbaugh and see what Limbaugh's talking about. And I listened for a total of a few minutes. Of course, there was a bunch of commercials. Yeah. One commercial was played over and over for three times, which I thought was really yeah. unprofessional. But anyway, me, uh, come, they too. come back. Yeah, and there was, a, there was a news break. And during the news break, I think it was an ABC News radio, they reported only that the guy had been fired and what he did you know, to Colleen Hufford. And uh, that was it. Didn't mention anything about the fact that he was Muslim, that Man, he was trying to convert. A co-worker. That's how most of the stories have begun. With right. But, I mean, not a single mention Zero. of the involvement of Islam Zero. on the news story. And then when it goes back to Rush, Rush is talking about, oh, it's open line Friday. And, you know, you can tell me whatever you want to talk about. But the thing I want to talk about is the NFL. The NFL. Yes. Whatever's going on in the NFL right now. And then I put it on later, Rush, just to see if he, if he was going to actually talk about it. And he was talking about, I think, Democrats and Obama. And whether he did mention it, I don't know. But it's it's just pathetic. It's pathetic. A fellow American of ours was butchered today. We were attacked. This is part of the war that's being waged on us. And, you know, Rush Limbaugh, is, as Michael Savage called him, Hush Bimbo, and I think he's right in this case. He just shut his trap and wanted to focus on something that is far less important. Now, you then went to his website later. We were talking about Nothing. this, and you didn't see anything no. on his website either. No, I mean, I uh, I can't I can't listen to Rush anymore. He's incredibly annoying to me, as is Michael Savage. But um, I went. I do go to his site because I like the content of the show. I, I just don't I don't want to hear him. Uh, and there was nothing about it. Uh, out of all the all the major stories, I guess that he discussed, there was nothing about that. And it's just uh, I don't know. It's pathetic. You would expect more. What I what I do like is that the police in Moore, Oklahoma, which I gather is where this took place, they let out immediately the fruits of the investigation saying that this man was trying to convert his employees, yeah. you know, fellow employees yeah. to Islam. And I think, you know, putting it out there early means that not even the major news companies could right. totally squelch it. Yeah. Now, that little tiny, you know, snippet on the radio that I heard, they didn't mention it at all. But, for example, when you go to the New York Times, right, um, NewYorkTimes.com, zoom over there. And, and I was having Bosch uh, go through this earlier. I was driving 
back and forth commuting today, but um, I was talking to Bosch about this on the phone. We were looking at the different ways that the New York Times and the Washington, uh, excuse me, the Wall Street Journal were covering this. And the New York Times, the headline didn't have anything where they mentioned, you know, man, man who was fired, you know. But but at least I believe, as I recall, in the New York Times, at the very beginning, it said in a story that echoes or, you know, eerily echoes what was going on in the Middle East with ISIS. Yeah. This is what happened. Um, that, that's surprising that they would try to connect that, but but they did. Uh, now, now here, here's what the New York Times has now, because I remember hmm. earlier, right, earlier you had said that the first line was something about how it eerily echoes yes. what was going on. Yes. Okay, so now here's the story on NewYorkTimes.com. Woman is beheaded in attack at Oklahoma food plant. So they took that out. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, you know who is in the New York Times and know that about it. Probably the Obama crew. They probably said, uh, you know what, take that out. We don't want to connect these. Now, they don't have the, yeah, they don't have the thing about how it eerily yeah. echoes what's going on. But but in the in the second paragraph, and the first paragraph is very tiny, in the second paragraph it says, the suspect identified as Alton Nolan. Of course, that was his name before yes. he converted. Now his name is Hawk and Hawk. I don't know, I don't know what the hell it is. <laughs> That's some, just as good. Some, some crap. Uh, anyways, Joachim Yisrael. He has a criminal history, had just been fired from the company, and, quote, he recently started trying to convert some of his co-workers to the Muslim religion, end quote, said Jeremy Lewis, spokesman for the police department in Moore, Oklahoma. It was not immediately clear if the proselytizing was a reason for his termination. You're just flashing that this is Truth Revolt, right? Yeah. Okay, Tru- uh, Truth Revolt headline exclusive childhood friend of Alton Nolan, otherwise known as Jaquim Yisrael. Yeah. Okay. Not surprised by beheading. A childhood friend was not yeah. surprised. Yikes. He also, uh, the uh, scumbag, uh, on, on his Facebook page, he featured images of quote-unquote militant fighters, religious rants, and supposedly he put something, he put a, a beheading, picture of a beheading, and he justified it. Anyone who knew him and knew that, maybe that's why he got fired, I don't know. Probably everything coupled with this and that and trying to proselytize, everything probably added up. He said, we got to get rid of this guy. And uh, if they thought he was dangerous and didn't, you know, take some more precautions... Because he got through one human being halfway through another one before he got shot. If they thought he was dangerous in any way, they should have really, really been on the lookout. Uh, because, I mean, think about the family of that woman. The poor lady, I mean, just... The second woman, her name is Tracy Johnson. And he started attacking her with the same knife that he used to kill the other. She is apparently still, what, in stable condition? Yes, She's yes, going to live? stable condition, that's the word. Also on Truth Revolt, breaking beheading suspect fired after argument over stoning women. No. I wonder what side of the argument he was on. Maybe he was arguing with uh, that woman. The scumbag was taken to the Oklahoma University Medical Center as expected to survive. He hasn't been charged yet. Um, I'm sure that should be happening pretty soon. The more, poli- the more police has called in the FBI to assist in the investigation. Of course, the FBI is just going to obscure. 
After the United States began its bombing campaign against the Islamic State in Syria on Monday, the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security put out an alert to local law enforcement across the country to be on the watch for so-called lone wolves who might respond violently. So they're saying that this might be well, well, a connection. Well, ISIS said the call out. Remember that ISIS weeks ago? They said, go. Go at it, American, wherever you are. Take them out. Uh, in truth of all, there's one, uh, there's one little angle here. They say the Islamic Council of Oklahoma has stated that Nolan is, quote, not known to any of the leadership in Oklahoma mosques, unquote. However, the Facebook page reviewed and confirmed by the Gazette as his, as it shows, I guess, several photos of him interacting at the Islamic mosque in Oklahoma City with pictures. So they lied. Wow. They lied. I mean, this is what they do. Uh, they got, to me, they got to be dragged in and said, okay, you lied to us about that. Why? Have what else they, you know? Have they been questioned since? The lie was know. exposed. I don't know. They this is Truth Revolt yet. again? It seems like that's the only news source that's dealing with updates, uh, Truth Revolt. So ben, they, they must have someone that. there on the ground they in Oklahoma? Exactly. exactly. Maybe, maybe they flew them in, maybe something, because they keep getting these updates. Kudos to them. Oh, yeah. Kudos to them. They, they're doing really good work on this. If you want to talk about this story, by the way, can, can I can I read you what? We, I think uh, we have some people over here in the chat room. We are not looking at the computer. We are just sitting here. Can I read you what, uh, what a care? Um, sure, that, sure. One second. Let me just sure. give out the phone number for people who do okay. want to call in and discuss this. 760-888-5817. Again, that's 760-888-5817. And we are talking about the, I would say, jihadist attack in Oklahoma yes. today. No doubt about it. On our own soil, a woman, innocent woman, beheaded. 54-year-old woman, family, who knows what, when went to work like a normal day. And gets face to face with Islam in the form of uh, one of its scum. And so far, we've been discussing the news coverage. We've been discussing statements given by Islamic organizations in Oklahoma, yes. which are false. Let me read it. Yes, go ahead. This guy, Adam Sultani, okay, the executive director of the Council on American Islamic Relations, uh, originally from. This is uh, oh, this is this is from Care. This, this is not this, from the Oklahoma no. organization. It's, it, well, it's it, it's Care in Oklahoma. Oh, I see. They're, okay. They have cells all across the country, the way ISIS has cells. Right. Oh, you know what I mean? They have their own cells. This is a terrorist front group. Is what they are. They're born of Hamas. You know, if anyone remembers the uh, the German Bund, they were here in the 30s and 40s to prop up Nazism, make it seem good, and this is what Care is doing. And where's the Bund today? And I think care will be the same thing eventually. Anyway, so this scumbag says, um, it says, uh, Adam Sultani, the executive director of the Council on American Islamic Relations in Oklahoma, they picked the name Council on American to, to fit around care. They're a civil rights group. Civil rights for what? For Muslims, period. And they lied. There was two point something million Muslims in America. They prop it up to seven, seven something million just to make it seem like there are more, so to intimidate us, to to not be as critical about Islam. But anyway, um, Oklahoma said Nolan's actions, uh, the scumbags said Nolan's actions are condemned by the Muslim community and his faith should not be connected to this horrific crime. Quote, it's really unfortunate. Now, keep in mind, every time a horrific act is committed by a Muslim against non-Muslims in America or the world, Muslims come to the rescue of Islam. Right. I don't give a rat's ass about the victims, Islam's victims, whatever. It just tells you how callous they are. 
and they can't even pretend to act like act like human beings. They go to the rescue of Islam's reputation. So he says it's really unfortunate that there's a lot of attention on Muslims these days for actions of people who are either part of extremist groups or who have extreme ideas. However, Islam is clear on what it stands for. Islam stands for peace. Peace. Mm-hmm. Peace of what? Stands for peace. Islam stands for justice. Islam stands for love for humanity. Compassion and mercy. This guy, he's laying around so thick because he's scared. I think a part of him knows this is a little different here. This is different. This is not a big mass murder of Americans. This is an individual American beheaded. Something hasn't happened here. Right. And he's like, that could maybe wake up some people. So let me put them back to sleep here. Justice, peace, compassion, humanity, mercy, love. So this low life says, what this gentleman, and my cousin brought it up, yes. they, they, they refer to the head chopper as a gentleman. As a gentleman. And that also tells you how... Um, detached they are from detached. what has happened. They are completely totally detached. detached. He's like, uh, protect Islam, protect Islam, protect Islam, and uh, call this guy gentleman. What this gentleman did in Moore, which is inhumane and barbaric, is definitely not a representation of what our faith teaches, and we hope and pray that justice will be brought against the perpetrator soon so that the victims and their families can find some sort of solace in that justice, he said. And then the lowlife finishes with, Sultani added that Nolan, that what Nolan did is, quote, the antithesis of every teaching of the Islamic faith. That's a, I mean... I mean, first of all, it's, Can't even call it's, it a lie. it's not. It's, it's not. multiple. And you know what was interesting? I was today um, participating in an exercise for law students, and it was just uh, something to help them teach the rules of evidence. And one of the rules of evidence says that when jurors are deliberating, nothing extraneous should be brought in to influence the jury deliberations. The only thing they should be given is all the testimony that was admitted into the courtroom that they were allowed to hear. So if something extraneous comes in during jury deliberations, that could result in a new trial. And in the hypothetical example, there were passages from the Bible and passages from, well, a single passage, one passage from the Bible and one passage from the Quran brought in, copies were made or it was passed around or read to the jury. Uh, Jurors were doing it with each other. You know, they were bringing in these passages. And then the question is, is this extraneous or is it not? And you can have debates in the rules of evidence about that. But the passage from the Quran, the one, this is the one they had. And it was it was funny because it was, it was taken out of context. That It was the one that says, kill the idolaters wherever you find them. So it's sometimes and, kill the unbelievers, kill the infidels. Yeah, but, it, yeah. but that's what it means. Yeah. yeah, this is idolaters. It's the and, verse of the sword, chapter 9. Right, yeah, ch- chapter 9, verse 5, I think. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and then what it says after that is that if they go ahead and submit to Islam and they do their prayers or they give alms, I mean, maybe, you know, there's the idea that they can give you alms and somehow get off, which is, I guess, what we're doing now to the Muslim world yeah. is mostly giving alms, yeah. right? Um, so so either you, you've got to do your Islamic prayers, you know, prayers in your own religion are not going to do it. Uh, then that's okay. But otherwise, you're to be killed. So this idea that there's nothing in Islam? This guy, he's just lying up out of his ass. 
in order to protect his religion. Yes. I mean, no, he's lying again and again. I mean, I've never, I've not heard a Muslim laid on this thick. He is scared, and he should be, because something like this, it's, it just affected me. Affected, I think, I think everyone listening. I think all Americans like. Except for Rush Limbaugh, maybe some someone said he mentioned where's Al Sharpton. Yeah, that's nice. You could you could commit an hour to it at least, Rush. You really, really can. A fellow American was butchered. I I think you could put aside your NFL crap. So he did just, talk about it. Uh, uh, John says uh, I think uh, I heard Rush say where's Al Sharpton, where's Jess Jackson. I think I think because the guy's black also. But, yeah, um, and Mick Gael says, isn't this incident right on the heels of the recent calls for the lone wolf attacks? Yes. And yeah. I think I think what the New York Times was doing in that story that I just quoted to you, by the way, I did put the link to that New York Times story up at the blog at don'tletitgo.com, and I'm going to continue to add links during the show. This is going to be a kind of a working show where I'll be adding the, the links there. I want to get the link to the care statement that you just yeah. read. Did you send that to me yet? I don't uh, think so. I did. I you did. did? It was part of the FBI story. Oh, it's part of the FBI yeah. story. Okay, okay, let me uh, find it. There's a Facebook post yes. by this piece of crap, uh, I guess, recently, September 8th, and he rambles on, mm. you know, hard, like a hardcore Muslim. I'm talking about... Um, and who did he share it with? Just his friends? World, the world, public. Publicly. Yes. Okay, so his workplace could have seen this yeah. and seen what in the world that, was going the on. The arguments he made probably got out of hand. Maybe he's profane, you know, arguing with the women probably about stoning women, how they should have been stoned possibly. Who knows? Right, right. But what I'm saying is if they fired him because they thought he was potentially dangerous, they should have at least been a little more protective of their workers. Right. Had a guard there, just, just say for the time being. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they just fired him. He left and came back. I don't. You know mean if, just on the same yeah, day he came the, right back? The info is a little off right now, but I think that's what happened. Okay. Well, and one thing, by the way, I, I tried to listen to Rush. He was yapping away about politics and Obama. Same crap, same old, same old. I put on Savage just out of curiosity. I can't listen to my other but Just out of curiosity. When these things happen, I want to know what talk show is saying. Put on Savage. He's talking about Cologne for John Boehner and Cologne for Wolf Blitzer, and he's cackling. Click, turn that off. Yeah. Levin comes on, and at first I'm disappointed. He's talking about uh, this event Sarah that he was Palin. at, last, and Sarah Palin was mocked by ABC. Then he finally gets gets into it, and then he says something he's never said before, which for me is huge. He has eight million listeners, so he says this. He says, uh, he says I have Muslim friends, and that's what has cowed him to an extent. Also, besides his Muslim listeners, he has some Muslim friends, but he said. Um, how do you put it? He said, uh, we, we need to have an honest discussion about Islam. He also says Islamofascism, you know, Islamo-Nazism. And he did, say, he did use the term Islamo-Nazi twice. a lot today, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. he did. Yeah. But he did use Islam, which rarely, if ever, uses. So he goes, we need to have an honest discussion about Islam. That's important. Yes. Uh, the country has been having an honest you know, discussion. We have, others have. It's about time, Mark, but good. Because if we can get a guy like that to start talking about Islam and what's behind it and have Robert Spencer on as a regular guest, why Robert Spencer wasn't the most <laughs> you know, popular guy today on talk radio, that's, that also tells you what, you know, what kind of world we live in. Because he's the go-to guy when it comes to all things Islam and Jihad. He is a, right. a walking encyclopedia. Now, if you could put in one sentence what it is that people need to wake up to or realize that they haven't yet realized, how would you put it? I mean, about the religion itself, about... Right. The, the, the thing came to mind right now, whether it's the ultimate one, is that the character of Muhammad, 
the violent, vile character of Muhammad is different than any of the other prophets. The other prophets, to me, were all liars. They, they lied to their flocks. They said, yeah, I spoke to God. I'm God's son. And they're, you know, it's, it's, just, it's, it's just not true. But they didn't go out and kill people. No. Muhammad, if he existed, because there are some arguments that he didn't, but let's just say Muslims believe he existed. Muslims act in his, in his uh, path. He killed people. He was a warlord. That is important because he's their role model. He's the, the role model for not just for Muslims, but for all mankind. The perfect model, the perfect man. Right. If the perfect man beheads people, if perfect man has a six-year-old wife, perfect man beats women, rapes women, perfect man punishes uh, thieves, cutting off their hands, then that's what you have to do. And uh, that's how they do it. So this is, I think that, I think that's an important thing, whether it's the ultimate one argument right now, I don't know, but that's what just came to my mind. That if the founder of this religion was a brutal, vicious, vile, scumbag murderer. I mean, I mean, really, if I would try to stick it in a nutshell, I would say that there is a substantial element within adherence to this religion that pose a physical threat to us. And this is not true of any other religion today in any significant numbers. No. Such that we need to seriously reconsider what policies we want to have towards Muslims. And, you know, it could be on a a personal basis. I mean, Levin was saying, oh, I have some Muslim friends and we need to have a serious discussion. I'm assuming that he would go to his friends that call themselves Muslims and I wish he goes talk about repudiating this element independently studies for himself and then questions them with full knowledge say hey guys when I asked these questions you weren't forthright what's that about and then find out that his friends have been withholding the truth because even a guy like Zudi Jasser who he cited today you know his Islam Zudi Jasser as I call it it's Zudi Jasserism subjective view of Islam he is against Sharia law. He's against jihad. He's for America. He's not Muslim at all. It's embarrassing. He's 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 a freak. He's a nice guy probably, but he's a freak. He's a he's a doctor. He's a former soldier. Uh, and in the argument that he had, a debate that he had with uh, Robert Spencer, as far as I know, it was a makeshift debate, like off the cuff. Uh, when Robert challenged him, you know what he said? What do I tell my kids? Right. That was his comeback? That, that's, the most, then, that's the most important I'll, I'll thing. I want to instill morality not, in my kids. Let's not identify <laughs> what is an actual danger to Come American us. citizens. You're an American, let, right, let's, let, let's not tell it like it is. And also, because he doesn't know what he can tell his And his kids. name is M. Zudi Jasser. You know what the M stands for? For Muhammad. Why does he yeah. keep it silent? Mm-hmm. Even he's ashamed of his prophet. Right, right. No, but uh, this, is, this is no good. Uh, he's insignificant. In the movements for moderation of Islam, and then you ask the guy, okay, okay, what do you need to moderate within Islam? Because Zudi Jasser probably thinks Islam means peace. It says if it means peace, why are you talking about moderation? You somebody gave to you a post of some kind, and it was, if Islam teaches peace, then why aren't its extremists extremely, extremely peaceful? peaceful. It's brilliant. <laughs> it was brilliant. Now who it's did brilliant. it? I don't know. There's no name. It's a meme with a, with a, a meme? With a lizard. Yeah. Someone just just forwarded it to me. It might have been their own, might have been someone else, but it's brilliant. 
it's a great I, it's a great great uh, thought because moderate Muslims uh, moderate Islam would be what I mean like a less peaceful right now I mean, if Islam means peace moderate Islam means I mean moderate peace moderate peace now I'm I'm recalling more of the verse of the sword yeah. it says you know yeah kill find find and kill the idolaters or yeah. kill the idolaters wherever, wherever you find them. them but you know if they repent i guess or pray if they do their prayers if they give alms then you can leave them be because yeah. allah is forgiving yes. right so by the way every opening of every chapter it tells you how merciful and forgiving is except for the verse of the sword there's no preamble, not at the beginning no, no preamble no, of no, him right, right, exactly right. that is it's significant and that's the second to the last chapter of the Quran. So the final word of the Quran is all out war. Submit or die. Or be a slave. Right. So or yes, pay. peace as long as you submit. That's it. Peace you is, know, yeah. Muhammad said that literally, you know. N- embrace N- embrace Islam and you'll have peace. So in the article discussing the FBI investigation, which I've posted now over at my blog at don'tletitgo.com, you have the quotation from the care yes. person, right? Yes. And um, in the quotation, he says that Muslims all disagree with this, yes. right? Okay, so then you sent me this other story, and you have to tell me how reliable you think this news source mm-hmm. is. It's the Gateway Pundit. Yeah. And, I, and again, I've posted over my I, blog at don'tletitgo.com. The headline is, Breaking Muslims Shout Praise Allah Surround Oklahoma police following the press conference on beheading. I've seen him as legitimate gateway pundit. Uh, Jim Hoft? Jim Hoft yeah, is the writer? Another website had that. I wasn't sure, but since he has it, I think it is legitimate. I've not have, I don't have any reason to question this guy's uh, um, integrity. There's actually a photo here. Yeah. Huh. Uh, Oklahoma Muslims read from the Quran during the press conference? And they were screaming... Um, Praise Allah, praise Allah, praise Allah. You know, are they in support of the butcher? Some of them are. Can you just pull that and see? What do, oh, pull this down? Oh, pull this over. Yeah, because we actually have a couple calls. We do have someone who does actually want to talk about the story. You want to go ahead and take sure. a call? Let's take a call. Hi, who's this? This is Pianchi, but uh, calling from the Midwest. How are you? I'm doing okay. What can we do for you? Well, I really wasn't talking about the story, but I it, it kind of amuses me about the all of a sudden concerns about what's going on in the Mideast, or should we say over now? All of a sudden concerns? All of a sudden concerns yeah, you know, on the part of whom? Americans. And not all Americans, it's some. Wait, hold on. What do you mean all of a sudden? All of a sudden, what do you mean? All of a sudden? Or for instance, like for instance, like ISIS. And if we retract and look at uh, the thing, uh, the, the course of events that led America to be involved to the extent that it is with that part of the world. What would what would you would, say are the what would you say are the events that led us to be involved to that extent in that part of the world? Well. <laughs> 9-11, which a large portion of America has doubts about, then things have led on to one thing and one thing and one thing to the well, there you was, know, there was a, there was a lot was, of there was a lot of history earlier than 9-11. A lot. So decades. Do you do you go back further than that? 
century, but, but well, America. Well, yeah, there was a lot of history before 9-11. But 9-11 really did uh, do what it was intended to do, and that is get us involved in countries that really didn't have anything to do with 9-11. And uh, it seems like... Well, I, I don't. I don't know. That, I don't know that nine eleven alone did that. I think that Bush did that. Uh, Bush seemed to get us involved in Iraq instead of maybe Saudi Arabia, Iran. Syria, Iran. You know, state sponsors the of terrorism. Parts. So uh, Bush, Bush yeah. did that. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Know Bush did do that, and we seen for his length, his eight years. You know, Saddam Hussein was living. I wonder if all this would be going on. You, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm 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 really not sure. I mean, I I still to this day didn't really understand why we went after Saddam Hussein when there were plenty of other bigger, uh, more threatening because, targets uh, that we could have he, gone after in the Middle because East. Because his neighbors didn't like him, he invaded yeah. uh, Kuwait. He went to war with Iran. The Saudis didn't like him. He wore suits. He was the least Islamic looking, probably the least Islamic, and so he was the easiest target. Nobody liked him. Well, and you Bush know, the the, the North went to, war, could, went to war against the South too for what they done. I'm not And I wonder if Texas was to secede, wonder if they would the war would be uh portrayed upon them. I kinda like no, I mean, Ron let me, Paul's. Let me, you're um you're you're kinda getting a little bit off. So is your position that somehow we shouldn't have been involved in the Middle East at all? What do we get out of it? The only interest that the United States have over the Middle East is this giant embassy, am I right? Well, but I want to trace the history back further. So I want to trace the history back to the West, Western countries, helping the Middle Easterners to develop oil, which they couldn't have done. They didn't have the technology to exploit the oil resources that they had in the ground. And so they made deals with Western companies. And for a while, they were happy. They had cash coming in and everything was going okay. And then they decided to nationalize, stealing the property of the Western companies that came in. And it, and well, it only got worse about, there. So, so in, in terms, in terms, of, in terms of who I, I think started... They, I think it, they it, should have nationalized me, myself. You well, think then, you, no? Then, well, if you think that, you know. then that's our fundamental disagreement. And see what you said. Was, what you there said. Was, there was a contractual. There was a contractual relationship between those Western companies. They said we will share the technology. Western companies and Western who? Western companies. Well, is Western companies? Is that's not Western government? Is that's not the United States government? Is it? No, but I would say governments will protect the interests. Of their citizens when their property is nationalized. Some countries wanted to go to war over it, and America didn't want that. They stopped. Well, it. They, they were then against the countries. We, and we, we had the same. We were. Yeah. We allowed, and they got well, away with it. They got away with that kind of well, murder, they, and then made their billions and spent it what promoting Islam and jihad for decades and decades, and then they killed us and got away with that. And this is what they do. But look what uh, before we get away from the Western country, look what Western look what a Western company is doing over in the Niger Delta, That's in true. Nigeria. Okay, I mean, well, we can I go on, I, we can go back and yeah. forth with this for 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 weeks. And I think that uh, Muscle Dick had a right to nationalize his uh, his oil well, who was 
gang the, the mobile. No, I, I, I know. I, I, I don't think that they have a right to breach a contract, and I think the fact that we sit by and that we didn't do anything about their nationalizing the Western company's property. That was the the beginning of all of this. You trace it that that back back far. The one thing that we could say, in in hindsight, the one thing we might say is that we shouldn't have had anything to do with these people at all. Absolutely. That we should not have helped them. I agree with you. You need to leave them alone, like Ron Paul said. That we shouldn't have helped them develop the oil. But I don't don't think Oh, they would have done that anyway. They could have got that technology from Russia. And also, the United States get technology from them also. I mean, that's just the way human beings work. They share. But it's when governments what, get wait, involved, wait, wait. especially governments that's inspired by... Technology from we got technology from Middle Easterners? No, I said they would have got the technology anyway. Yeah, but then he said we would have got that technology from them. Who's them? Who's them? Well, well, we get technology from other parts of the world also. We learn. From, I mean, it's it's learned back and forth. Anyway. I mean, look yeah. at hepatitis well, C. I, hepatitis I, I, C. I really... the, the hepatitis C medicine is what a thousand dollars a day, a thousand a thousand dollars a week here in the United States. Where in India is thirty dollars. And that and that might Come be because they don't respect intellectual property rights there. I think we have a fundamental disagreement about the value of respecting property rights and the meaning of a country nationalizing property. I mean, imagine you went and invested. That's, that's criminal. You know, it, it doesn't have to be oil. It can be anything. Imagine that you went ahead and decided to go to any third world country and invest by building a factory, hiring people, giving them jobs, and et cetera. And then before you know it, your company is nationalized. You think that that should happen to you? They have every right to do it? It doesn't have to be oil. Well, I'm talking about the principle. Well, not, well it doesn't have to be oil, but, you know, that goes on. You think that uh, a company has the right to have a patent on a seed? A patent on a seed? Agriculture, see agriculture products. Okay, but you're you're changing the topic. My question is for you: you If you had a company that you started, you went ahead and built, say, a factory in a developing mm-hmm. country, gave them jobs mm-hmm. and all this, and then the government nationalized it. You think, oh, that's fine, no problem? Well, I think that uh, that government should pay them for their investment, and then ask them to. No, no, they did, they, they just nationalize it. They they just say that's it. We you know we we decided that's yeah, enough. Yeah, but you talking we, we about Britain. Look we at the, what Britain was pulling out of Iran. Come on now, and you know you talk about the Quran. The, the Quran is the constitution of one of your allies that is being Saudi Arabia. Okay, now first of all, Saudi Arabia should not be an ally of ours. I don't think no, that that should be true. They're an ally of Washington D.C. They are politicians. But, but, they're not an ally but, of America. But my point is. I, I have never heard any evidence that Britain was, in your terms, pulling out of Iran any more than it was entitled to by contract. And what happened at a certain point is that the Middle East countries decided to renege on their contracts. That's what happened. And I think contracts rights, if we are going to exist peacefully, coexist with each other, we need to be able to make contracts so that we can coexist and achieve long-term wealth creation. And we got away with it. You you can't do any long-term wealth creation without contract rights. And those people who do not respect contract rights should not themselves be dealt with or respected. So that that was the beginning of the end. They nationalized. Well, what they should do is do business with them. You you shouldn't be able to go into a country and and perpetually 
of being those type of agreements. Those agreements have lifespans. They're not forever. They, well, should I, be, I, they shouldn't be forever. I don't, I don't, or as long as they have to be. I mean, and if, they if, broke if, if, if it was that they bought the property forever and then they were going to give a certain percentage forever, or, I mean, whatever terms they it was They betrayed the contract. They betrayed us. And they blow that money to spread Islam, to, to, to build mosques, and, to, and to, uh, to fund jihad. And they got away with and it. And the same like, the same thing goes on with the – we talk about uh, people coming across the southern borders – and, and we talk. We we don't look at how okay, you're, this you're, government um, with their subsidies. The topic again, so I think we're yeah, going to go ahead and you're just. You're all over uh, place. Thanks for calling. But yeah, wow. thanks, thanks for calling and bringing it up. And thanks for thanks for testing Amy's patience. Well, uh, no, it, it it may we may as well bring up some of the history and why Andrew we're even says talking Amy about this. Amy has patience of a saint. Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> I try. I really do try. Probably in the evening when I'm more tired, I have even more patience because I'm too tired to not have patience. Right. But um, in any event, thank you for calling, first-time caller. And, yes, it's good to go ahead and test and reiterate some of the arguments that we've had. But I think the basic disagreement there is that the caller did not uh, – did you catch his name, by the way? No. Okay, I didn't catch it exactly. But he didn't see any problem with no, he was fine the with nationalization. It. Totally cool. Look, he he has some sympathy for that side. He doesn't know he he's he's all over the place. So whatever. I mean, I'm glad we we had to get off the phone because it was too much. Definitely. So I'm going back to and again, anybody else can call in and talk to us if you want. It's seven six zero eight 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 five eight one seven. And we do actually have another caller, so why don't we go ahead and take it? This could be fun. Hi, who's this? Hello, you're on the air. Yeah, how y'all motherfuckers doing tonight? Oh, bye. Greatness. Yeah, that's really sweet. Gotta these, love it. These rats. Gotta love it. Now, that's a 760 number that this person just called from. Actually, I should just give out the number since he swore. Yes. Do, I have, do I have the ability to do that? 760-454-5626. Thank you for calling and swearing on Thanks my show. Usually my show is um, appropriate for all listeners. Yeah, now he just hung up. So I just gave out that number and it was recorded. That's awesome. But yeah, if you call and you swear on my right. show like that, yeah, I think I'll just give out the number. No, there's there's something about this show that um, a piece of crap like that has to say that about. He, he probably was listening. He was fuming at the truth. Mm-hmm. Fuming. He's like, oh. yeah. It could have been the other rat. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was a friend of. of no, no, guy. he sounded very different. Yeah. Well, we we'll put on a different voice. Who knows? Oh, now we have a third call, and I think this one is not going to be someone who's just going to swear at us. Let's see if I'm right. Hi, who's this? Hello, you're on the air. Hello? Hello? Hmm, I can't hear you. Okay. Okay, well, I was thinking that that person was going to be someone who would not swear at us, and that would have been really cool. Maybe he or she will try to call yeah, back. Yeah, John said probably Muslim. Probably was. Probably was Muslim. You know, the truth and Muslims, oil and water. Right. Like, you know, the truth and liberals. Jim in the chat room over here at Blog Talk Radio says there is so much disinformation about the history of the Middle East. It's incredible. It is. It is relentless. I mean, myth upon myth upon lie upon. Now, John uh, says, can you make that number private? I'm not sure. You mean, John, do you mean the number... This number for the show to call um, in? I don't want that, but 
I doubt that that's what it means because we need the number out there. Yeah, no. I mean, I'll, I'll yeah, let I'll let people call in. It's a gamble here. We have no screener, so. And I guess this show is attracting uh, rats. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, let, let's go back. I know I do want to talk a little bit about this Gateway Pundit story. There are a number of tweets that the story is relying on. I guess there's someone there on the ground. Bob Lawson on Twitter, Landon Lawson 78, first said two to three local Oklahoma Muslims are reading passages from their Qurans out loud on the ground at the site of the news conference. Cops and reporters were close by, but not being yelled at by the Muslims as many have asked me, but a few Muslims were saying praise Allah out loud around the press conference. Now, so imagine, there's a few there at the press conference, motivated enough, and they're saying praise Allah at this press conference right there. And yet, you've got a leader of the so-called Muslim community saying, oh no, all Muslims, all they can do- this is just a freak thing. No. There's a significant number of them saying praise Allah out loud. Not all at the news conference were Muslims, but I'm guessing probably 30 to 40 were out of the 100 to 120 total. It's also their way to uh, shut, make sure no one says anything, uh, you know, untoward about about Islam or that Muslim. That's the way they do it. They gang up like uh, to try to intimidate. They wear their robes, they wear their hats, they say they go there and they look at people like, hey, uh, 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 don't you dare say any, anything true about Islam. Uh, that's probably one of the reasons why why they do that. They're always hanging out in gangs. Big crowds, adding nothing, except for intimidation. intimidation. Except for intimidation. Yeah. Now, coincidentally, earlier today there was a podcast released. It was today that it was released, or was it earlier in the week? Your own Brooks latest. Um, Earlier in the week. It was uh, earlier in the week. But you were sharing the link earlier today, anyway, before you even got the news. Yes. And let me let me get that one up and actually yeah. put it up at my blog at don'tletitgo.com so people can access it. The title of this episode it's it's uh, based on well, I I coined this term Muslim roulette a number of years ago, 2007, 2008. I wrote an article, and it's uh, your own suggests something along those lines where we don't know who's peaceful and who's not. Right. And that's why we are forced to play Muslim roulette. We're, we're forced to give the benefit of the doubt to that Muslim who he might be okay. Or you might come right up and stab me. Right. And uh, why the hell do we have to be in that position in a time in the middle of a war being waged on us? You know those those coworkers. Some of them probably suspected this guy would pull would pull something. They were probably worried. Well, perhaps there's going to be some more interviews that come out yeah. about this, right? It gets to the point though where Muslims are smearing themselves. By their silence, the ones who don't do anything about it, right. by the ones who just run to the rescue of Islam to hell with Islam's victims, and what they're making is every their coworkers, their neighbors, they're making them look at them a little differently today, right. a little differently, right, right. So, well, you're part of that that guy's religion. That guy just butchered one of my fellow Americans, and what you you have nothing to say about it. Um, tell us a bit about your own. Well, yeah, uh, he, he was asked about um, immigration. It was, uh, I think, a, a listener from London. 
And he asked him, uh, do you think we should, uh, you know what, let me, let me get the exact question, actually. Well, here it is right here. Okay. It's uh, to your own book. Here's the question. Do you believe... I say it's worth playing. You want, you want to play some I, of it? Yeah. Well, go ahead and plug this into your, if you want to grab it. Or actually, I guess I have yeah. it up here. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I can go ahead and play some. How long is the answer here? It's not that long. Oh, it's not even that long. Okay, let me go ahead. So here's the question. The question is, do you believe that Muslims should be allowed to immigrate to Britain? Because in Britain, of course, there's been... Violence, like we saw here today yes. in the United States. Two beheadings in the last year mm-hmm. on the street. Should Britain bar Muslims from immigrating or only restrict those who support terrorism? And we're going to get your own Brooks answer right here. Let me see if I can get this done. Is it working? Mm. You want me to try here? Oh, no, I know what to do. I'm so sorry. Let me pause this. I'm going to... Rewind it and we get some volume. Volume would help, I think. I think so. Volume is helpful. To Here immigrate we go. into Britain. Let me rewind Muslims it. Are becoming a, okay, go ahead. Another question relating to Islam and to Muslims. This was from Britain. And this is specifically about immigration to Britain. And do I believe that Muslims should be allowed to immigrate into Britain? Muslims are becoming a significant threat within Britain, uh, a terrorist threat, a political threat. And the question is, uh, should uh, Britain bar all Muslims from immigrating, or should it only restrict uh, immigration to those Muslims who advocate for terrorism or support terrorism? The problem is I think it's very difficult to screen um, between those who are, who are threatening to you and those who are not, peaceful Muslims and uh, non-peaceful Muslims. Uh, so I think uh, in, as long as the West is at war, uh, with Islamic totalitarianism, with with uh, with jihadists, if yes. you will, then I think uh, the West has every right to bar Muslims from emigrating into it, where the burden of proof is on the person trying to emigrate that they are not part of the jihadist movement in any way, shape, or form. So they're not even so-called moderate jihadists, which doesn't exist. You're either a jihadist or you're not. So what I would advocate for is a complete barring of Islamic uh, immigration as long as this war is in existence, with the possibility of somebody being uh, applying for asylum or the ability to immigrate under the condition that they find a way to prove that they are truly peaceful and, and supportive of Western values and are not part of the jihadist movement. So that was uh-huh. his answer. And what did you think of that? I mean, first of all, I know that you yeah. have had an issue with terminology oh, that he likes to use, the Islamic hate, totalitarianism. You term. much more prefer the term jihadist. Just, just listen. You got Islam right. and you got Islamic totalitarianism. Eleven syllables right. to, to two syllables, as I, as I told him. You know, less syllables, more truth. But anyway, it's very good. And uh, even some critics of your own and objectivists who've been uh, about immigration, Islam, were, were, you know, would wouldn't give me anything about this. Like, oh, well, he's still wrong. No, no, he's not. He he's dead on. And uh, you know, personally, yeah, with the terminology, I in the debate last year, last last uh, de- December between me and your own about Islam versus Islamic terrorism, I at the end I said, look, can you at least say jihadist, <laughs> the jihad? <laughs> and he said it here three or four times. And that to me, that's a win. That's a that's a great thing because it's a proper proper term to refer to this enemy by. And the more he does that, the happier I am because that's the exact term for the enemy. And uh, also his his position about yeah, while we're at war, while we, you know there's a war being waged, and all that jihad being waged, we have to cut this off. And then yeah, there are some circumstances where you might have some individuals 
asylum. They're in deep trouble. They might even be Muslim, let's say. We have to look at those. I mean, we should. Right, because some you, people you renounce have, the Muslim you, religion. You, you might have the right. Iran of the Muslim world. We've got to tap into her. We have to get her out of there. You know, it's possible. Wafa Sultan. Now, Pianchi over here in the chat room says, remember, Americans under the banner of being a Christian has a very bloody track record also. And welcome, first of all, Pianchi. I haven't seen you in the chat room here, so welcome, first-timer. But what I wanted to respond is that there is a bloody history in Christianity, in the Inquisition, Crusades, etc. Yes. Crusades may be right. provoked by Muslims, yeah. but you know, definitely in the Inquisition. But then they went after Jews also. Right, yeah. right. So it so got, got out of hand. But today, that religion... No other religion in the world that I know of, no other no other major religion in the world is producing people who will commit violent acts in the name of the religion in the way I mean, Islam obscene, is. Heinous, horrific, unreal. Uh Bill Moore, you know, beautifully put it, he said something about if we saw beheadings like in Saudi Arabia happening in Rome, in the streets of Rome, it would be chaos protest beyond belief it's part of of islam it's part part of the history is the religion of beheadings the saudis behead isis beheads and the saudis condemn the isis for what for what and uh, he also says something about uh, uh christians wouldn't do that they wouldn't kill you if you leave christianity right muslims are have to do that they have to um it was really good because it, this here's here's an atheist who's across the board you know hateful of all religions and still in terms of whoa, whoa, whoa let's get serious here T today christians in general far better i'm just far better. now would you describe bill maher as hateful of other religions or just that he rejects them i, I mean he's pretty uh is he really hostile i mean to other he religions? made the movie you know religious made fun of all you know religions mm. and mocked them and, well mocking is one thing yeah, right no, 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 no. but, it to, is, but to really but he has really i think he has said I, I think he has said things i think he's really changing his Tact because whatever reason he's being rational here. I mean, really, because he's you know he's pretty ugly sometimes. It really is. He's a real leftist, ugly. But on this case, he's like the voice of reason. Yeah, it's great. No, he's been he's been excellent, and I love when he pushes his fellow leftists because yes. they have to. They feel like they have to listen to him. They anyway. have to. He's Bill Moore. They respect him. They admire him. Like God damn it. And we do have a couple phone calls. Actually, we had one that just hung up. Yeah. So. I don't know about the phone calls, Sam, but let's try them anyway. You want to you try fun. one here? Okay, we do have one that's here. Hi, who's this? Uh, hello? What's up, motherfuckers? How y'all motherfuckers doing tonight? Yeah, that's great. What, what uh, this one comes in yeah, now as 1111, but boy, I yeah. Mean, I mean, think about the, <laughs> no, but think about the, this guy's life. He's sitting here. <laughs> he's human. And he's like, you know, that's it. That's all he has. That's yeah, that's a great right. argument. That's right. That's I a mean, brilliant argument, my man. You, you swear I cut what you off. Of if you could come up with a substantive argument of some kind, then we could waste. listen to you. I did. I was very patient, and I spoke to the Ron Paul. When accolade. you have, you know, that's the equivalent of a punch. That's a, that, that's what he's doing. Because right. I mean, he's not here, so he's like, "How can I punch them? How can I get them?" You know, what an idiot! I mean, absolute waste. And you know, he, he lost. Well, as, and, as soon and, as you start and this, cursing this, and start this, punching, you the, lose. The sad thing is, 
he's got a couple of brain cells because he figured out right. how to make the it, number yeah. show up as just <laughs> one, 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 whatever well, it was. You know, he learned that from the West, and the rest is all Islam. I mean, <laughs> he's probably Muslim. Probably. Probably is. I don't know. I mean, I guess he wouldn't be as hostile unless he was, so I'm not well, sure. Well, he could be an idiot leftist, but who knows? Yeah, swearing's not allowed on the show, so you start out with that, and I, I, I don't know what you get out of that. I, I just get I mean, to cut you pathetic. off. It doesn't make me it's look any pathetic. worse because it's you doing the it. First person to curse and punch lost. You lost, my man. You're a loser. But, you know, keep listening. You might learn something, even through a thick skull. Trevor over here in the chat room says, that's easy kill Emmanuel. Gustav Frost says, I just woke up, so please fill me in. Did that person call before? Yeah, this is the second time that that particular he person said, has called. Yeah, great. and the first thing he does is, what's up, MFers? No, That's like, all he's, he's like, got. Waiting, waiting That's what he's got. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, how pathetic. Uh, very, very bad. I mean, I, 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 I can never imagine see myself in that position, like waiting okay, on someone, so, you know. So let's, let's go back to your own Brooks, you know, kind of proposed immigration policy, which will never happen, by the way, because yeah. here we are in the country where Obama, first of all, uh, you know, did did you queue up that uh, speech that Obama made about the beheading in Oklahoma yeah. today? Did you queue it up? Yes. Okay, so we're going to play the speech right. that Obama. Obama gave today. Yeah. Um, in, in reaction to the beheading in, of Yeah, in reaction. To, so, okay. Yeah. Mm, technical difficulties. Yeah. You, you got the speech? Yeah, it's plain. That That's, it's playing? Yeah. Oh. 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 Actually. Oh, so there's no speech that Obama... No. Yeah. No, um, the President of United yeah. America thought it was unimportant to uh, talk about an American being butchered, yeah. beheaded to my knowledge, by a we member have not of the religion that's at war with us. A speech from a Barack Obama. I'm assuming that if we had a speech from a Barack Obama that we would have a Drudge Report story about speech from Barack yes. Obama. I haven't seen that. Uh, but um, let uh, me go back and check Fox News. It just shows you, you know, by more, the way, more what is. You know, I, I went over to Fox News to see how they were covering this. And I think there was a section, something about crime. Wasn't it crime and something? Or was that somebody else's character? Yeah, they referred to it as a crime. They referred to it as right. a crime. They, right. were, they had a, a section on terrorism, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, here it is. Here it is. So look. Um, it's it's categorized under crime, as far as I know. So let me go ahead. FBI probing suspects' recent conversion to Islam and Oklahoma beheading. Uh, it's under crime and courts. Instead of terrorism, it's classified at foxnews.com as crime. The other thing was, and I don't know if this is the exact story, because they might have multiple stories now, but um, there was a substantial passage quoted from the local Islamic you know, Whatever. love us club, right? And they spent their whole time talking about how, well, we have at our mosque beefed up our security yes. to prepare yes. for the retaliation attacks. Yes. And it was all about how, yes. oh, gee, now they were going to suffer retaliation because of this. That was all that the guy the post, had to say. Post 9 11, you remember that? Yeah, this the, the is, left was bracing themselves for Americans losing control and acting like what? Like Muslims. Yeah, so listen to this. So this, this is how the story reads at Fox News. There's all the stuff about the guy, and let's not even talk about his name. Call him, what do you want to call him again? Scum or a hawk in the hawk. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Those are great. So the guy, you know, he has this criminal record, and he was released from prison in March 2013. 
That's a paragraph. Very next paragraph. Saad Muhammad, a spokesman for the Islamic Society of Greater Oklahoma City, told NewsOK.com that leaders of the society's mosque are taking security precautions to protect Muslims who gather there from any potential retaliatory violence. That's the first thing that you mentioned from this guy is the danger of retaliatory, not not. We reject this. I mean, of course, you know? again, again, to protect Islam and protect themselves from what? From savage Americans. When have Americans done this? When have they react? When have they acted like Muslims? We don't. We don't yeah. act like savages the, and go beat up yeah. indiscriminate Muslims. Yeah. We don't do that. The the only the only thing in this story from this guy is worrying about anti-Muslim sentiment. Yes. Nothing. Nothing about sympathy for the, the victim. victim nothing her. about the fact that... She's an infidel. Hmm, you know, there's people who are taking this religion and they're acting in violent ways about it, and I reject that. Nothing like nothing. that is in this story. Now, I don't know if Fox News doesn't know how to write a story that's balanced, this, but the, the only thing that's sloppy. quoted from this Muhammad dude they thought from it was Greater to Society this, of Oklahoma, this whatever... For some reason. They, they thought it was important to, to interview him. For what? For what? To, to, to get some propaganda. But also one thing, this this woman got butchered, right? If a Democrat politician got butchered, you think the the news would be a little different? You think Obama would have come out there? Well, you see, think they would have said, this is it, an, if, an attack. This is exactly. a jihad. If, if it's an ordinary American, it's yeah, just it's crime. It's but crime. But if it's a politician right. or someone of note, a famous lefty of some kind, this is an act of war against all Americans. Also, you know uh, this one passage in the in the Quran that Muslims like to peddle out there, even though it's been abrogated by the later violent ones. To kill one human being is as if you killed all. Now, first of all, it's a warning to 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 Jews. But if that was a lesson that they try to sell to us, that that's what Islam. What what does that say about Muslims? Right. They they've killed humanity how many times over? Right. I mean, millions, billions times over. If that's the one moral lesson that they want to pass, if you kill one human being, it says if you killed all mankind, they so is ge- so so they're genocidal. You know I mean, even by that standard, then Islam is, ge- is is genocidal because Muslims have killed and killed and killed and killed and killed. But see, when they kill, they're going to say the people that they're killing are either not Muslims at all yeah. or they're not true Muslims, and so therefore it doesn't count. But they won't even they won't even acknowledge that though, like this care or that or that mosque. Or they'll say, oh, well, we're doing it only in self-defense, where the offense that we commit is not converting, in essence. You know, the thing I was going to uh, follow up with about today, I told you there was the passage. No, I'm fine. Um, the, the passage from the Quran that was yes. used as an example yes. in the evidence class, when the word right. idolaters is used right. in there. In the evidence class, what they were trying to say is that idolaters could refer to what Christians might think about idolaters are just people who are committing sins, like adultery or excessive alcohol consumption or love of money. What's the greatest sin? Not believing. Not believing in Not believing, right, right, right. That's the greatest sin. So on that, yeah, that's why they dress up these infidels in orange jumpsuits, because they're criminals. They're not Muslim. By nature, we are walking, breathing criminals. I mean, because because we're not Muslim. To be not Muslim is to be a criminal. We do have a couple we're, of you know, uh, calls here. Do we want to even try? I don't know. We're standing in defiance of Allah. Maybe just quick and see if it... And, and, and boom, come off. 
Well, we'll see. I mean, if MF, someone might have he's a pretty fast talker. substantive contribution to the discussion here. By the way, people are welcome to call in, 760-888-5817. Here we go. Hi, who's this? Hello, uh, John Kenny here. Hi, John. Hey, John. Can you hear me? Thank you for calling, Hi. Thank you for Hi. calling in, and thank you for not swearing at yeah, us. Yeah, I appreciate it, John. Yeah, oh, appreciate right. It. Nope. No problem. I just hope I can remember what I was calling about. Um, oh, I heard an interesting comment last week at my local watering hole. Somebody said, you know, maybe Islam will go dormant in the next couple of years. And so what do you mean? You mean dormant like a virus or some disease, you know? And diseases do that. You know, they right. can, they just go dormant after. And then I started thinking through history. You know, that does happen. Like, uh, remember when they were burning witches in uh, Massachusetts? Just overnight, the whole idea just faded out. You know, people got disgusted with it. Uh, cool. Same thing happened when they were guillotining people in France. They reached the point mm-hmm. where it just disgusted everybody. You know, I so guess, five years five years from now, we may not be talking about Islam. Everybody may just find the whole idea disgusting and turn from it. Is that a possibility? I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so no. because it's a thousand years old. And they they live in a nuclear age. They they feel their oats right now. If you notice, they want nukes. They're not going to stop cold. The only way that they're going to stop is if they're stopped. If we stop them, it's not going to happen. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that that could be like Germany well, or Japan. But even even no. even then, uh, the Germans t- turned from Nazism. Sure, you know they were occupied, but there was a mental change. You yeah, know what I mean? They bombed the smithereens. They sure, were bomb, bomb crap out of them. But, and then uh, they said, uh, okay, actually, we want to live, and as did Japan. Even though even after the second nuke, there were still Japanese who wanted to fight. And the uh, general yeah, was like, but, we're done. Yeah. You know, but I mean, here's, the, here, yeah. here's the thing, though. Did um, You know, you talk about the witch burnings in Salem, and I don't, I don't know the – I remember, you know, the events of the history, and I've actually – toured the places in Massachusetts and everything and seen some of oh just crazy. But it's not like they wanted to build a global caliphate, right? Yeah. They didn't have those types of ambitions. So if you have an ideology whereby the people who are the leaders, you know, the prime movers in the ideology want to build a global caliphate and are willing to initiate force, you know, to do so and the victims keep enabling the actors who are doing this, then I don't see it, quote, going dormant. But if, you know, some, I, I don't know, like, again, I don't, I don't think the people who did the Salem Witch thing, they had any, you know, massive ambitions. It was just a purely destructive thing. And then right. they, they probably ran out of people to destroy yeah, and things like this people got die. sick of it. Like this. Islam has to uh, end the way it began. It began through force and violence and destruction and death. I mean, even though people say, well, 13 years, he was, Muhammad was peaceful. 13 years, he was powerless. As soon as he got power is when he got bloodthirsty. That's when he started to yeah, go into mass yeah. and kill people. So that's how he stopped yeah, it. He probably, stopped it yeah, probably right. I think if, if anybody over there tries to bring some rationality to those societies, they're the ones that get shot, right? Absolutely. They're, they're well, in prison like or they're dead. Absolutely right. Yeah. Anyone who acts rationally, anyone who acts like with, within reason is seen as an enemy. Yeah. Uh, anyone in the critical Palestinian areas who tries to maybe say, "Look, maybe we should talk with Israel," they probably get butchered on the on the spot. It's just it's too long, it's too bloody. The history is there; they believe it. And right now, they they think because they have a weak enemy in us, they have a chance. 
and we are giving them every opportunity. If you think about it, they're weak, and they're still picking us off left and right, and we're not doing anything in return. I mean, really, the biggest thing that I think we could do right now, and we would need the world to do this, is stop buying oil, bomb all of their oil drilling equipment, because I doubt if we actually destroyed all of it, I don't think that no, they could rebuild it. Absolutely not. Okay. They, so, they, they, they have uh, just, foreigners work there. Anyway. You know, obviously we'd have to allow massive drilling and exploitation of our own resources here in order to make up the deficit in the market. But if we could just stop financing them, you know, it could be like the Soviet Union. What was the best thing to do is just to let them collapse under their yeah, own weight. Implode, and, yeah. you know, again, you know, just like the communist ideology – this Islamic ideology, Islam, is anti-reality, anti-life. They are not going to be able to produce the human values necessary to no, even sustain their own lives, much less get the wealth that they would need to conduct a, I mean, uh, an effective war. I mean, they can't operate unless we act irrationally. By exactly. Helping, by helping oh yeah, them. no, that and and that's you know purely it. So you know it's it's funny because we've had the discussion with your own book a number of times of you know Islam and how much danger it poses. But there's one thing that's really true: the the biggest danger is the altruist ideology that keeps us feeding yeah. our enemies. Right? Yeah. You know, we tie our hands behind our back when we fight a war. We're giving, we're sending money overseas, and it's winding up in their hands. We continue to purchase oil from them, and we won't drill here because we believe we and should, they, you know, do something environmental here. Money. You know, they fund terrorism. They fund mosques. They they fund their ideology across the world. There are endless Saudi mosques across the world. There are no synagogues or churches in Mecca, in Saudi Arabia. Uh, this is, they're like, they're the dub, they're the worst of the worst. They're worst nicest in a sense where they pretend to be our buddies and they fund our murderers. They're the scum of the earth. I mean, they're the really. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I love the idea that you called with originally, John, but I think we've shot it down. The, the idea of, of it could be like a virus and well, go dormant, but well, I look, just. All, all yeah. Muslims have, have Islam and jihadists have full-blown Islam. I mean, and that's, that's the way it is. It is a disease in that sense. It's a mental disease. Jim here in the chat room says that really it's, it's more like a cancer, not really like a virus. Okay. A progressive, yes, yes. he is a progressive metastasizing yes, cancer on mankind. It doesn't kill the, the the person himself it kills others you mean and it kills you know I mean? it kills the host too yes but what I'm saying is but all, only no, no, but there's they, always new ones <laughs> you know what I mean? but they want to kill others is what right. I'm saying it doesn't, that doesn't directly kill them unless they strap it up and bomb you know kill themselves but what I'm saying is it's not it's not just a, a single death they're out to kill and as many as they can yeah. and again in the nuclear age this is their dream this is their this is this Muhammad if he knew that there were weapons like this. I mean, the the, right. the possibilities, oh, my God, we could wipe them all out. This is their dream. This is how nightmarish it is. You know, you got the American dream, and then you have the Islamic dream. Look at the Islamic dream. It's a mushroom cloud across the West. Right, right. Anything else, John? No, well, thanks for – oh, uh, one quick question. Uh, did you hear that uh, this bombing campaign against ISIS, we've been bombing empty buildings, yes. and we warned yes. everybody yes. that a raid is coming? Have you heard this one? Yes, I, yeah. I, yes, yes, we did, and it, it just makes sense. I, mean, I can see that. 
Yep, I can see it also. It's it's a political war. Obama's doing it for every other reason besides to, to protect us. Well, and in fact, you might think that he's doing it just to completely waste weapons. That's very possible, too. I mean, this guy, he's a bad guy, so you can't put anything past him. Anything. Waste weapons, make him look like he's waging a war. And, and you know, a couple things. What are What are we doing teaming up with anybody over what there? What are we doing telling Iran, our greatest enemy outside of the Saudis, that we're going to bomb Syria here. Is that is it okay to give them the heads up to the greatest state sponsor of terrorism on earth? Maybe the buildings are empty because Iran is telling <laughs> the occupants to get out. I don't, mean, I don't know, but don't the know. double game and this idea that we can actually confide in Iran, shocking. Shocking. Bizarre. Yeah. Now, Philip over here in the chat room, although he's got quite a font going is making a good point. And he says, Islam is much stronger than communism or fascism in some ways, well, yeah, I mean, the perfect weapon. And the reason is is because it promises yes. wonderfulness in the beyond and the afterlife in a way that communism or fascism Can couldn't never. because they were secular right. ideologies. You know, the, the good was supposed to happen here. And so, you know, after a while, when all the good stuff that communists were promising never happened, then people say, hey, where's my goodies? Yep. And and they weren't forthcoming. But Islam can always promise all the wonderful things that are supposed to happen in the beyond. And that is why it's perhaps got a lot more staying power. I mean, this is what Leonard Peikoff has warned about in the Dim Hypothesis book, is that the true danger of the coming dark age, the totalitarianism that's going to take over, is going to be a religious one. Now, he didn't think it would be Islamic. No. I think he thought it would be Christian. Um, but the reason that a totalitarian religion just has a lot more staying powers because it promises all the good stuff in the afterlife. So, also, you know, if, if, you're, if your life is miserable here, it, it's supposed to be miserable here. It also does, mm-hmm. doesn't give the follower anything to protect himself from that kind of ideology. Of course, I'm saying, is it all emotion, emotion, emotion? Uh, you feel terrible? Unleash, unload on others. Like, like this guy, he was a loser. He was a criminal, embraced Islam, Got incredibly pissed off, right? And I say, you know what? I got it. I mean, I can, I can do this justifiably. I can, you know what I mean? This is the right thing to do. Right. Cut this woman's head off. And his religion told him that. That's, that's the good thing to do, the best thing to do, actually. And uh, the others can't really do that. And then um, I guess he felt he, he probably wanted, wanted, wanted to die, though. He probably did. You know, but unfortunately. And, and, now, and now he hasn't died. No. Perhaps someone will end up giving him his wish. Who knows? Yeah. John, thank you very okay, much for your Thanks for the time, guys. Yeah, Thanks, and uh, and we'll talk to you hopefully again soon. Let's go ahead and see who the next caller is. Hi, who's this? Is that me on the air? Uh, people are here, and you're on the air. What can we do for you? Uh, thanks for taking my call. Y'all have a very informative program, if I should put it like that. Uh, thank you. I, I do have some disagreements, but before I tell you why I disagree. I just want you to tell y'all pay no attention to that idiot who keeps calling in with those foul language and all that stuff. He's probably a liberal. He's a troll, an idiot. So don't mind him and ignore him. Y'all have a great program. I just want you to know that. It's just, you know, stupid prank call. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, I... Again, if somebody could call in and then start actually getting some substance across, then they might be doing some good for their side. But if all they do is call in and swear, I don't think they accomplish very much. 
Um, yeah, y'all, so, y'all have a y'all have a y'all have a entertaining program, and when people make prank calls like that, just you know, don't 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 get offended. It's just prank calls. That's all it is. I know, but you know. Sure. So, um, so you you, you, said, you might be the prank caller yourself. Maybe I don't know. No, no, no. So you so you say you've got you've got a disagreement for us. So what what do you got? Well, I called in regarding the topic of what's up, motherfuckers? How y'all motherfuckers doing tonight? Oh, Everybody's you are good. Wow, that's, wow. that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. I smelled that rat. Yeah. Did you? Did you? Yeah. Boy. Woohoo. Yeah. <sighs> and, and you know, th- this one's a clever oh, one because l- yeah, look, yeah, look, look at the different on. numbers hold now. On. The uh-huh. third time you mentioned uh-huh. prank calls, like, okay, this, yeah. this guy, that's the guy. He wouldn't spend that much time talking about it. Anyway, he's trying to off- offset us. Maybe one more call that one, and then after that, no more because yeah. I would recognize the, the number. It's just one of those evenings. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Debbie. Yay! Are not you, a sure? prank caller. Don't. Are yeah, you, are you, you sure? <laughs> well, yeah, it's definitely me. It's not the prank caller disguising their voice. <laughs> no, no profanity this, this time. <laughs> what a rat! So, yeah, that was. I, you know, uh, you know, you know was, I think, I think, um, I think the guy was literally just a nihilist eating up our airtime. That that's pretty no, much that, what it is. That's his job. Yeah, his job is to try yeah. to entangle himself. <laughs> just try to get us off the mark because what we're saying clearly is bugging him. Mm-hmm. He has to listen. Which is good. You know, rats have to listen to the truth sometimes. Yeah, that was bizarre, really, very mm. strange. Um, that was yeah. a lot of effort just to say profanity yeah. on the air. <laughs> so, uh, well, um, <laughs> but but I, I called actually um, primarily about a comment that you made earlier, Bosch, that really resonated with me. It kind of helped me to make more sense out of the way, the distinction between Islam and other religions, which is just that their their prophet is was a very... Oh, I see someone saying make Debbie professor in the chat room. Um, but just uh, that who, their yeah. prophet... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Trevor, yeah Trevor, Trevor says, "Make Debbie prove it's her." Um, I don't know Trevor, how. This, this, this is either Debbie or such or a good, is, such that a good. Guy a, that guy deserves no show. I was, was going to say, so, if such, this is you, such, such a good impersonator that she, I would have her on the show regardless, or him, him. I mean, hey, you know, it could, it could be a guy. Um, <laughs> I just cut myself off. Sorry about that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, the distinction between like Muhammad and the prophets of the other major monotheistic religions is that he was so explicitly violent. And that just made a lot of sense to me in kind of why maybe Islam has not gone dormant. And when they had, I know in the Middle Ages, they did get exposure to Aristotle, but it didn't stick. No, they, and they, they, they rejected it. Anytime you yeah. have some... Someone in Islam, whether he was, uh, with a, because sometimes they mistook people with Arab names that were actually Jews and Christians, and they credited them with, with we know, as if they were Muslims, but they weren't. But there were some Muslims who did want to say, look, there's a whole world out there. We want to embrace it. And every time that happened, they got cut down, whether killed outright yeah. or completely marginalized. And because the religion itself doesn't allow it. It's mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, we... Everything we need to know is in this book. You know, that's it. Right. And that comes, and the book tells you that. <laughs> I mean, 
Allah tells yeah. you that. So who the hell is, is any reformer to presume? I mean, I mean, the Quran presents itself as the unadulterated word of Allah. Yeah. And what are you going to say? It, it, you know, you, you can't also, contradict you know, it. You can't reform it. You know, right? the, the BS that Muslims try to sell, like they're not into, uh, they reject idolatry. Please. If you, I mean, Muhammad, the way they, the way they love Muhammad, the way they embrace him, the way they, they kill if they see a drawing of him, this is their guy. And, you know, and right. this is why it's important for them to follow in his footsteps, literally, because that is following in the, in the path of righteousness. That is the, you know, mm-hmm. if he did this, I have to do that. That's, and, and I think that's important because, you know, Christians, I mean, uh, acting like Jesus, they wouldn't get married. They wouldn't do this. They wouldn't, they, they, they couldn't do anything almost. You know what I mean? But when it comes to Muhammad, what didn't he do? Yeah, what well, I think, I mean, ultimately, all religion is taken really in a, in an undiluted form, it leads to totalitarianism and necessarily to violence. And we saw that with Christianity in the Middle Ages. But in, in, in the case of Islam, it's just right there in explicit form, too. Yeah. And right. it's just all throughout the Quran. I mean, if you read the Bible, it's just kind of a hodgepodge, and it was right. uh, different, different texts from different even historical epochs that kind of got thrown together and you can right. interpret different things different ways and but the Quran is just pure yeah. blood. I mean, and, well have, and, I mean, and, and and when when the Quran is not either boring or just talking about the, the lame afterlife that's promised and all the different things, it is also just stupid. You know, I I wanna recite again the passage that I mean I'm only gonna be able to paraphrase it because now it's been a few years since I've I've read the Quran. But there was the passage that is just so ridiculous. Um, it, it talks about the way that you should act when you are invited over to the Prophet's house for dinner. Allah yeah, talking. it says um, when, when you know when when you're invited to the yeah Allah is telling us this. Okay, Allah is telling us how we should behave when we are going to go to dinner at Muhammad, the Prophet's house. Right. Okay. So when when you are invited to the Prophet's house to dinner. Don't go early unless you are given leave. And after the dinner is over, then you're supposed to leave promptly because you do not want to stay and annoy the prophet. The prophet won't tell you that you annoy him, but, but I, Allah. Allah, will tell you that you annoy yes. the prophet. That was almost exactly what it said. But I mean, it's just, it's, when, when I read that, I'm just busting out like, laughing. This guy was this, a I mean, it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like, okay, this is the revealed word of Allah. Yeah. You know, I've been having this issue. I invite these people to dinner. They show up early. They stay you late. They I annoy have, the hell uh, out of me. Let me just stick it right there in the Quran. Yeah. And then also him going after his 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 stepson's wife. He saw her and he had to have her, right? And he told right. the guy, and, and the stepson, yeah, sure, no problem, here, take her. <laughs> Everything is to what was to his convenience. That's what it was. Yeah, That's what the it's just so crudely self-serving. Like I, yeah. I wonder if Muhammad was mentally disabled in some way. <laughs> I, well, he was. Like you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, Islam like... Islam be- began with a guy in a cave hearing voices. So, I mean, that's where it began. Yeah. At least that's that you, that's the myth. You know, you can still search um, and find. It was one of my earliest shows that I put up here on Blog Talk Radio. I actually recorded it on another platform and then yeah. posted it here at Blog Talk Radio when I switched over. Over. And, years ago. yeah, it was a few years ago. 
And when, uh, so I, I interviewed Robert Spencer of Jihad Watch for an hour, and it was after we had done this Quran study group. We read the Quran from cover to cover. And I think at the time, Spencer was working on his book, Did Muhammad mm-hmm. Exist? And he was doubting whether, you know, and they always say, did, was there really a person of Jesus? Was there really, yes. okay, so did Muhammad exist? And I, I told him, I said, Robert, if there was a Muhammad, I think he actually didn't believe in Allah because the way that the Quran is written, it's by somebody who is this self-serving secular person who just wants whatever he can grab in this life. It is not some pious, you know, worshiper of Allah. That the way the Quran is, you know, reads, it, it's not that. Again, like you said, Debbie, it's all of a lot of this, you know, just blatantly, stupidly self-serving stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's it's really strange. I mean, it reminds me of something that, like, some kind of a crazy homeless person might rant at you. You know, like, my my, my imaginary friend says that... He kind of was homeless for a while, wasn't he, Mohammed? Well, he was living off a, a woman, a woman, uh, a wealthy woman, he was living off her, and uh, and then he'd try to sell his crap, they wouldn't buy it. No one, no one, No one would buy it. And then he started attracting uh, thugs and thieves. And they, that's when he started to get to a little more power. And then he went to Mecca and you know, did his thing. That's when Islam came alive, 13 years into his career as a quote-unquote prophet. You know, his religion was so unappealing. Nobody came. Right. And, and then thugs came. and that was it. So he was alive for, I think, what, number 10 years more, I think, at, at that point. Married a six-year-old Aisha. Which is Islamic history. He married a six-year-old, had sex with her when she was nine. That's pedophilia. He's a pedophile. That's, that's why. That's why. do you call him pedophile? People are like, that's just, that's just, that's just what? That's Islamic history. They told me this. I read it. He's a pedophile. He's a pedophile. He's a rapist. He's a murderer. He's a, a warlord. He's a quote-unquote prophet. You know, prophet sounded better than butcher and pedophile, right? So it's okay. Call him, mm-hmm. call him prophet. Yeah, I'll call myself prophet. Instead of all those all those things that I actually you, am. You know, Debbie, I was going to ask you when you heard the news today, what did you think? You know, I heard it just now when you guys were talking about it. Um, like, well, like earlier at the beginning of the show, I didn't know that that had happened because I had been at work all day, and um, yeah, that uh, that really made my blood run cold. Um, for instance, I remember in my previous job, I, I walked past somebody's cubicle once and I saw them, like, bowed down on a prayer rug, like they were doing their afternoon prayer or whatever. It was a, a Muslim. And I remember I got kind of creeped out by that. And I thought, oh, yeah. this person looks really devout. What's what's this? Do I? And it made me yeah. feel unsafe. And I, and I just was remembering that when I heard you guys talking about this guy. Yeah. Because it does sound like something that maybe was in response to the ISIS call for yes, I, people I think it was. in America. I mean, yeah, I mean this, guy's life was, this guy's life was insignificant. And then he hears his overseas call, and he knows his religion. He's like, you know what? i got to do something, quote-unquote, important for Allah and for Islam. Something real, something true. And that's what, I mean, think about it, though, also. The, the, the best and brightest in the Muslim world, quote-unquote, best and brightest, are what? The jihadists. They're the heroes. That's the pinnacle of Islam. That is, that's it. There's, there, you know, there's nothing else. I mean, no one else is celebrated. They're the businessmen in, in, in the Middle East. Are they celebrated as heroes or anything? Those who do no. something outside of Islam? No, zero. 
None of them are. Osama bin Laden is a hero. He's a hero. The current guy is nicest, you know, but there's no individual that is like Osama bin Laden. Zawahiri, no one's really thinking that he's, you know, he's he's the guy. He's just a, he's he's only there because Osama bin Laden's dead. But the guys in ISIS, they have no. There's no individual name out there. I mean, I don't even know about the uh, the actual. Well, haven't we been kind of off in a few of them here and there too? We've been killing. Yeah, them. yeah, some of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, in terms of an individual that has made an impact in the middle in the Middle East in the last, you know, three four decades, Osama bin Laden, mass murderer. That's the kind of Muslim that gets Muslims excited. But I mean, obviously, some people are quote excited about ISIS. We've heard stories about sure. a lot of people going to join. Sure, some Americans no, went and fought with ISIS current, and quote, came unquote, back. Hottest apparently. jihadist group. Yeah. You know, it's a jihadist group out there. You, know? you get it? I I don't I don't know how you can make jokes about this, but maybe because you've been dealing with it for so long. It's, well, yeah. you know I take yeah. it seriously, no matter what kind of jokes I make. No, I know, I know. I may I have jihadit, but yeah. So anyway. For, further on this, Debbie or no? You know, by the way, Debbie, one thing I did want to follow up from last week was the excellent quote from Immanuel yeah. Kant that you posted oh, over on the cool. Don't Let It Go Unheard page on Facebook. You said Easy Kill oh. Immanuel Kant. Yeah, Easy Kill Emmanuel Kant. Let me let me see that was great. if I can actually bring that up while I – I mean, that was from the groundwork for the metaphysics of morals, correct? Um, well, I got it from – from the Ayn Rand lexicon, I can't claim to have read. That. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I I think I remember it from my reading of the you know the groundwork for the metaphysics of morals is just a short Sorry. piece by Kant describing says that his this guy, You know, this guy who's who's trying to be Debbie is doing a really good job. <laughs> I mean, really good. <laughs> so so kudos <laughs> to you, oh, Debbie Imposter. Kudos, kudos to the Debbie imposter. Okay, let me see if I can find this uh, that you gave us here. Yeah, it must have been. Yeah, here it is, here it is. So this is the quotation from Kant, and I do believe it is from the groundwork for metaphysics of morals. And and remember, we're just going to refresh them. Yeah, so so remember last week we learned that Ezekiel Emanuel, who we are now calling Ezekiel Emanuel Kant, that Ezekiel Emanuel has, first of all, he... Opposes assisted suicide. He opposes, life, he, but... he opposes assisted suicide, right? So for those people who are suffering, who have decided in you know a rational way, we would have to you know try to deem that it was a rational decision that they've got you know a horrible terminal disease that staying alive is worse than actually ending their life. Okay, people who decide this, they are not allowed to seek physician assisted suicide, according to him, but. All medical care should be withdrawn at 75, even antibiotics for infections. He said he plans to not take antibiotics after 75 years old. So he'll die of like some bladder infection or something, okay? Um, he, oh, it's not that painful, he says in the article from The Atlantic. But this guy thinks even if you want to live past 75, even if you want to pursue life-saving you know, medical treatment, you shouldn't do it. So here's the quotation from Immanuel Kant that Debbie posted over here on the Don't Let It Go Unheard page last week. A quote from Kant, It is a duty to preserve one's life, and moreover, everyone has a direct inclination to do so, he's saying in the normal case. But for that reason, the often anxious care which most men take of it has no intrinsic worth, and the maxim of doing so has no moral import. So, you know, most of the time you want to preserve your life, 
So the fact that you do things to preserve it, it has no moral worth at all. It is meaningless in terms of morality because you want to do it. Anything that you're doing out of an inclination, forget it for Kant. Okay, continuing with Kant. They preserve their lives according to duty, according to duty, but not from duty. They're not motivated by duty. It says, but if adversities and hopeless sorrow completely take away the relish for life, if an unfortunate man, strong in soul, is indignant rather than despondent or dejected over his fate and wishes for death, and yet preserves his life without loving it, and from neither inclination nor fear but from duty, then his maxim has moral import. End quote. So, if you want to die, and you know, in a true rational way you've decided that living is worse than dying, then you should continue to preserve your life just out of duty. That's con. And this this really handles the, you know, his position on physician-assisted suicide. Yeah. Um, and it also has relevance to the issue of, you know, cutting off all of the medical technology at age 75 because the idea is, oh, well, you know, you're going to take all these actions to preserve your life. That's not morally important at all. You know, it's uh, it's morally irrelevant. Of course you want to do it. But really the moral worth would just be some sort of a maxim. Could you will the maxim of your action to be universal law? That's the way Kant would always put it. And Ezekiel Emanuel would say, we wouldn't want it to be a universal law that everybody can get medical technology as much as they can pay for and want to purchase and get doctors to do as long as they live. Uh, We wouldn't want that to be universal law. Why? I guess because you lose part of your human identity. I'm trying to be a Kantian and not a utilitarian, right? Because if we're going to be pure Kantians, we can't talk about the greatest good for the greatest number. Instead, we have to talk about what it is to be a true human being. And if you notice in that article by Ezekiel Emanuel, he was talking about how we lose our human faculties after 75, how we're just not quite as good. So he was talking about not really being fully human on you know human beings on average so statistically uh, yeah 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 so so, so I think I think that's that's the type of Kantian argument he'd have to make is that after seventy five you're not really as much of a human being well he's so not a, he's never been a human being universal laws I mean, for human beings have to apply to human beings and you know okay but someone right. said and, not really a human being so go ahead Debbie I'm sorry. also he he's written about this type of thing before about like who should die and and things in and rationing healthcare. I remember reading an article from him in probably 2009 or 2010, somewhere around there, uh, and he had kind of laid out this plan for deciding who should be given medical care. And um, one case that he makes for, and in this case, he was saying that the cutoff would be earlier, like in your 60s. Um, wow. I can't remember the exact age, but he, but the case he was making is. This is not unfair because everyone who gets to the age of 60-whatever has also been young, and everyone who's young is going to eventually reach the age of the 60s. So everyone gets the same opportunity to live some number of years, and therefore it's just. And, I mean, that that's just one part of it. He, he also... For, you know, for, forget, forget, just just completely throw out of your mind if you're Ezekiel Emanuel that enforcing the policy that he's advocating requires the initiation of force against your fellow human being. Just forget that part. Forget yeah. that part, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's it, 
but but just to your point about making it universalizable and right. thinking it for, about it from that Kantian framework, that right. is the type of argument that I have heard him explicitly make. And and he he also says that healthcare should be denied to people for in a more utilitarian kind of sounding way. Right. People below the age of two because they're not old enough yet for society to have invested in them. So right. it's, uh, oh I can't even really talk about it too much because it's really, really sick. Disgusting. But, I mean, yeah. this is this is um, one thing that utilitarianism and Kantianism have in common, that it's sacrifice for something. It's also just a, well, to sacrifice. Sacrifice just for duty's well, sake but also or sacrifice, sacrifice for the good Obamacare of others. Obamacare work. It can't work, but right. like it might get help help it a little along the line. So in one in one sense, he's just being practical. Like, well, if we knock out these people at this age, it'll work for a little longer than it might. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So let's just because we have to, we, everyone must sacrifice to make Obamacare work, even though it can't work, even though they know it can't work. Jim over here in the chat room at Blog Talk Radio, he is reminding me of a an idea that he posted in reaction to last week's show as well. He says, I still like my oxygen credits trading, hmm. so I'll purchase 10 years of O2 hmm. credits from EasyKill, and he stops all health care <laughs> at 65. Right. Now, maybe... Per- oh, it's like a cap and trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know... I mean, you know what's interesting? Look, look what when, 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 he, when he posted this, when he posted this, I first of all, I, I wanted to differentiate the case of us staying alive and continuing to use oxygen and other things, right? Um, I wanted to, to differentiate that from the carbon credits or the other supposed ways of making a market out of polluting. And then it makes me think that really the whole market for pollution is an invalid concept as well. I mean, who who is any who is anybody to say, okay, I'm going to have O2 credits and that's how long I get to stay yeah. alive and somebody gets to be the arbiter of this? That's ridiculous to make some yeah. some market out of this. And 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 similarly, this idea that you know the polluting it it needs to be done where you've got private property rights and and you talk in terms of somebody polluting my property and therefore I can make a lawsuit and if not just shut the hell up yes absolutely yeah I mean the the idea of a carbon credit it's not too different from the idea of an oxygen credit because I mean the given what we rely on right now for almost all of our energy the ability to emit carbon dioxide is the ability to produce energy and to support your life and in fact I mean if in fact, you exhale carbon dioxide, and so just by living, you have a carbon footprint, so to speak. And so it's not really that big of a distinction between the two. I mean, it's, uh, it's so fundamental to life. Jim said that that was exactly his point, to go ahead and then just also make a point about how ridiculous the carbon tax, et cetera, was. So I am- John writes here that the, he writes, the first place I heard that Islam was in any way associated with the uh, Oklahoma beheading was on this show. Every news source I saw in it was carefully avoiding mentioning it. Well, here, here's the thing, now, and that was John? John? Uh, up there. Oh, up there said yeah. that. Um, John, if you did read, for example, like I said, the New York Times right. article Within in the, in the second paragraph, the headlines never said Maybe it. Maybe talking and, about and the news because the news, I think, withheld that probably. I think they said the broadcast news. Yeah, probably a mm-hmm. man beheads woman. 
And then the, the details get... Well, like I said, the one ABC snippet, the ABC News radio snippet so that I heard, did not mention right, it right. at all. Saying. Did not mention it it's at all. It's their job to protect Islam. They think so. They, you know, because Obama likes Islam, therefore we're going to kowtow to that as well. You know, the woman, to hell with her. I mean, you know, she's just one of the victims of Islam. What are you going to do? I don't know. I just... Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this, this whitewashing is... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Debbie, go ahead. This this whitewashing of Islam, it reminds me of a really have a really bad movie I saw in the late 90s called Mars Attacks. I don't know if you guys oh, have yeah. heard, of, heard of it. Yes. It's a really terrible movie, but it there's this Tim, one Tim, Tim Hurton directed, Tim Hurton. Yeah, I I can't stand Tim Burton, but, but yeah. I saw this movie, and there was one scene that stayed with me, and, and I always think of it when something comes up with Islam and these people bend over backwards to defend it. It's this scene near the end where... The Martians are rolling through Las Vegas, and they're just, you know, it's fire and brimstone, and they're shooting stuff with lasers and and whatnot and blowing things up. But they play this continual loop that says, we're your friends. We want to help you. We want to be friends. (laughs) We come in peace. Like, while they're they're (laughs) engaging in mass destruction. And I always think of that when there's this Islam, you you know, there's the, the, the... the more stealth jihadist type Muslims themselves, and then there's people yeah. like the left, and it's like I feel like I'm in that movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's so ridiculous, it's so nakedly obvious. It's it's just it's like a bad. It's, you're right. It's like a bad movie, a bad movie that just doesn't make sense. It's illogical. But every I mean, look, Kerry. I mean, I've never heard Kerry refer to any anything good about America. He calls basically Islam beautiful. It's not America the beautiful, it's Islam the beautiful. He he just can't stop saying it. But of course he stopped saying it today because if hell America was butchered, he's like, eh, you know, what are you going to do? I didn't see him come out there and say today, Islam is beautiful. I, did you? No, not no. not today. It would have been no. too brazen to do it today. I guess. I, I, uh-huh. Even they say, you know, let's turn it off today for a minute, please. Okay, it's, it's just too much. Now let's go. You know, I, I'm, I keep going over to the news websites to see, you know, for I, I missed somehow I missed Obama's speech about the beheading today, right? I, I must have missed it. Uh, go over to FoxNews.com headline. This headline. You know, think about this headline in relation to what happened in Oklahoma today. U.S. launching complex operation to train, comma, arm Syrian rebels amid airstrikes. We well, are training an army. What is the religion of the, random the Muslims Syrian, in the Middle uh, East right now. Syrian rebels? What's the religion? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Arming Muslims. How, how, to fight Muslims? How, how well do you think it's going to turn out that we are training and arming Muslims right back at us. in the Middle East. Right back at us. Well, um, we trained and armed Bin Laden, didn't we? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, arguable. there's I, kind of a pattern I mean, here. It doesn't really doesn't really take that uh, that great a level of genius we, to figure out we what's going to We did that in Afghanistan. You know, you know why? The Reagan administration, uh, to fight the atheistic Russians. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's why. You get in bed with uh, religious fanatics. To fight, you know, the, the uh, atheistic Russians. It's, well, it's well you know, atheists are worse than all yeah. religious people, right? Yeah. Yep. No, but that's what they think. They thought that they thought they, well, we're religious. They're religious. Religion, good. Let's go fight atheists. What happens? They turn around and give us the worst attack we've ever had. 
not the Russians, but those that we helped let, to beat the Russians. Let me let me just give you an example of just not but even. By the way, sorry, thinking, for the record, yeah. uh, Osama bin Laden was there in Afghanistan, but he denied it because in his mind, I can't ever concede the fact that America helped me do anything. So he lied his ass off and said, "No, no, I, I, I had nothing to do with that." I see. Well, let me just give you an example of you know religion, some sort of religion being the default for everybody in in this culture. So the evidence. It was an evidence lab that I helped with today. And the materials were talking about this example of bringing in a passage from the Bible or from the Quran. And one of the arguments that's been made in some of the courts is that this is not external material being brought in for the jury to consider. All you're doing is, in effect, reminding the jurors or allowing the jurors to contemplate what is already inside them because everybody's morality, in effect, comes from religion already. So it's just an internal thing if you bring religious passages to them because it's just, you know, basically reminding them or reinforcing in their mind what is already in them. Everybody's morality is from religion. This is just reminding them of their religious morality. And so, therefore, it's okay. It's internal. It's not an external source that you're bringing in from the outside, an extrinsic thing that isn't allowed. For juries, what do you think of that, Debbie? Hmm. That's really strange. It wouldn't apply to me. I mean, if I were in there, then I'd have to raise some kind of objection, I think, because, uh, yeah, that's um, it's just taken for granted. It sounds like that 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 everyone has some kind of a religious basis. I mean, at least according to this religion. argument, right? I mean, and 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 so it's just you know, it's just reinforcing the point that someone who's an atheist. You know, first, first of all, you certainly couldn't have a solid moral foundation, but it's just it's so alien to yeah. most people in the United States. And and is that morality without God? What? <laughs> you must be a communist if you're an atheist. But what Trevor uh, says, we were training uh, and and arming the Iraqi army, mm-hmm. and look how well they did against ISIS. It's true. I mean, think about it. We don't know. We have forgotten how to fight wars, so we taught the Iraqis <laughs> how to not fight wars. So ISIS runs them right over. Well, and we're training them through the lens of just war theory yes. as well, we've, I'm sure. We've corrupted some of them because some are probably, they might be halfway decent. So, okay, well, they said that, right? They're a powerful country. Let's do that. They get run right over by the savages. So they lost some of their savageness because of us, which is, I mean, I, I wish we could teach all Muslim, Muslim countries how to fight the way we fight wars because then, <laughs> then they'll collapse. <laughs> Yeah, then they, that would be like a really stealth way to just totally take down the exactly. whole Muslim world. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, before you want to shoot or kill anyone, kill yourself. Oh, okay. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it's like suicide bombing without the bombing. <laughs> That's right. Just do it in the privacy of your own bathroom. Okay? Oh, man. I mean, we're we're laughing now, but but seriously, when you think of what we're doing over there now and what happened in Oklahoma today, don't you believe, as I do, I mean, and I'm this is a, a leading question. I'm leading the witness. I'm leading you, Debbie. Debbie. I, again, I have... That's that guy, I mean. Oh, yeah. Anyway, that, yeah, whoever you are. <laughs> um, <laughs> this can just lead to more of the same. We are over there training and arming Muslims that we know probably very little about they're Muslims. How in the world can this end well? No, but they're Muslims. How, 
how do we know that the people we're training are not part of ISIS? Yes. Do we right. know that? We don't know that. No. And our government doesn't care. They're like, well, let's just take their word for it. Are you ISIS? No. Okay. Next. Right, because it would never lie. We're on the honor yeah, system no, over there, exactly. I guess. Exactly. Islamic peace, right? I mean, no such uh, thing as taqiyya in Islam, nah. No, but I'm mean, thinking about it. And, and what's the title of, of today's show? Muslim Roulette. No, yeah. but, no but the full title of today's oh, show. Oh, yeah. When will our government stop playing Muslim Roulette? With our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're betting on Islam means peace. So I hope these guys don't come back and turn us around on us because we're going to help them and train them in Islam means peace. So they're going to fight the ones who are not peaceful, right? And we're going to die for it. Literally, we will die because of this, and our and government not will arrest us. Right, and it's not the people making those decisions who are exactly going to get right. hurt. It's people like that woman today. I, I can't yes. even imagine. I get so, it, it, I get uh, so angry when I think about that because there's no way that would have happened if we had properly responded to 9/11. No, I just don't think right. any of this would be going no, on. It would be like Shinto. Yes. And also, if we responded with force after the two Americans were beheaded recently, last month, weeks ago, you know, this yeah. that guy sees that and says, they got away with that. You know, and this is this is it. This is my moment. I'm going to take it because I can do it. Um, and, you know, he, he goes right back where he belongs, prison, even though hopefully they can execute him. But I don't know. Who knows how – who knows who's going down there? ACLU, who knows? He's a Muslim. He's black. You know, they're going to go in there and try to say – every trick in the book in the leftist book to try to save him. Can we do like some uh, desensitivity training for everybody at the ACLU and have them sit down and watch Bill Maher? They must like Bill Maher. No, but that, okay, that's the one secret weapon, you know. It's true. They respect Bill Maher. They like Bill Maher. They love Bill Maher. And when Bill Maher is consistently condemning with, you know, arguments, Islam, it's going to penetrate them eventually. They're like, damn, I like this guy. It must be something to it. It must be, I mean, he, he must be on to something here. And they can get comfortable with the idea that maybe Islam, you know, at least this, maybe Islam doesn't mean peace. You know, that's a first step. That's a, that's a baby step. Maybe it doesn't mean peace. And then they find out what it actually means. I love the fact that he keeps hitting away on it. And, you know, it's brave. It's brave on his side and also as an American. Right. And I think he's of Jewish descent background. So it's brave of him to, to do what he's doing. And I definitely admire him. I, I can't stand to hear him say anything else outside of that. And when he talks, talks about Obama and socialism and socialism, he's, he's really repulsive. But, man, he's excellent about this. I can repeat that again and again. But he is. Uh, I'd love to get, to get on the show. I mean, I saw him with Dinesh, you know, D'Souza, two opposites, teaming up against leftists across the table about Islam. <laughs> That's and it fabulous. Was good. And about uh, Israel. He was even defending Israel. Debbie, we've been keeping you on. <laughs> Are you doing okay? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I always enjoy talking Mother, to you guys. Wait, oh, oh, I thought I thought he was going to just say he said. Oh, and <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she said, "I love talking to you, you know, to you and <laughs> uh, Actually, I, I have I have a technique whereby I can answer all future calls. Um, but one thing, when you put that 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 clicking off, you point to the other side. I, I, you got to keep that the the arrow right over that spot. 
Oh yeah, no, I mean, of course. This, this of right. course, I have this to. Is, this I, have, I have to be ready. I'm, I'm wondering if that one there it probably is. could potentially be the same one. If so, I, I this, don't want to find this, out the, this, this, this episode. This, this person is a professional prank caller. If yeah. so, because I, you know how many times that person changed his phone number. It's just good to know though <laughs> that a rat like that who hates a show needs to listen, needs to be here, needs to be you know involved with it. I like that. It's like it's like people who come yeah. to my blog. You're gonna die. I'm gonna do this. You're gonna, you know, it's it's like, it's good. You really have an effect. You're being effective. You are affecting these people profoundly to the point where they have to be part of you of what you're doing. Right. You know, it's funny. Any, anything else, Debbie? I'm gonna question Bosch with one thing before we go after uh, after we're done talking here, and and I think we're gonna wrap up. I cannot believe that we've done almost yeah. almost two hours. Yeah. On this story, but but thanks again for uh, posting the Kant quote from yeah that was great last week that was excellent. and also just just the pun I mean e- it's perfect I was like that is perfect I wish I thought of it easy, easy kill, kill Emmanuel, Emmanuel Kant. Kant perfect you know easy kill Emmanuel Kant yeah thank you yeah, well, it was, Ooh, uh, John, great you, you, you have you have a fan here in the chat room at Blog Talk Radio it's John John Kenny says Aww. Debbie is so smart and beautiful wow. thank you John. Nice. I agree, Debbie. So thank you for calling. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and good talking, uh, you. good talking to you. Have as good an evening as you can, given today's ugh, news. Yeah. So so let's let's just tie this up because I think that we haven't quite explored a little bit just in terms of the title yeah. of tonight's show. In what sense is it Muslim roulette? Because you came up with that term, Muslim yeah. roulette. Uh, by the way, I need to actually put the link. Do you have a blog post that's entitled Muslim There's Roulette that I'm going to find two, here? Two or three at least, because I first wrote it in 2007, and then I uh, did another piece for Front Page Magazine. I added some stuff, and I, I made a drawing, and then I did an audio version of the piece. Okay, but you think the front page is the one that we want probably? I guess. Is that yeah, it's, it's more of an updated version. It's, okay, it's okay. A that's, one. that's the one I'm going to share with people. Yeah. By the way, I have succeeded, I think, in posting all the stories that we've discussed tonight over at my blog at don'tletitgo.com. If you want to go ahead and read some of that for yourself, check out the New York Times coverage of today's events. Check out check out Fox News. Last I checked, I kept checking uh, throughout the show, Fox News still has the story categorized under crime yes. and not under terrorism. Yes. war, jihad, terrorism. It, it, it's funny because one of, one of the links, the related links, says it, it's a video and it's like, People are fearing domestic terrorism or something, but no, they have it posted under crime. It's under crime, so just make sure it's crime. Yeah. Even at Fox News, it's crime. You know, again, the headlines, especially of the major news outlets, are not saying anything about the Islam connection. The little brief snippets that you'll hear on broadcast media aren't. But in the second paragraph of that New York Times story that I linked and to, they Wall immediately. Yeah, and, and the Wall Street Journal also they do in the article bring up the connection. So they had to. I mean, it's a news report, so they're like, we can't. You know. Well, I mean, and some I, have squelched it, no doubt. Well, and I, and I wanted to say, you know, kudos to the Moore police. Yes. For getting it out there in the news yes. cycle right away. Yes, they, they spread it out there so that nobody could. Nope. Squelch. They it. had to report that. They had yeah. to. They said, oh man, this guy was trying to convert them to what to Islam. Right. And maybe Bill Maher has had an effect. Maybe. You know, when you take all of this together, maybe they'll say, okay, maybe we can tell the truth this week. Maybe we can just That's do that. That's the whole thing. I mean, you know, it's, it, I don't know. Okay, so 
tell us about Muslim roulette for a couple minutes there, because that's what, about what well, we you have know, left. I mean, you know, as I as I put it, I said, can anyone tell which Muslim will go jihad before he or she does? Nobody. Well, and here's the thing, though, right? You said that this guy put some posts yes. on his yes. Facebook page, yes, publicly yes, accessible posts. So there are some things. You know, this, this is, again, I'm a privacy fanatic, but if somebody is posting things publicly on Facebook, no. I have no problem with DHS then, you know, or, you, you know, got, you got, you got some not guys, a legitimate agency, but go ahead. They're quiet about it, let's yeah. say, even, even pre-social uh, media. A guy like Muhammad Atta, as far as I know, he had no criminal record whatsoever. And then becomes a mass murderer overnight. You know, literally just plans it in in, in secret. No one knew. How how could they know? And what I'm saying is, in a time of war, how can we be accepting thousands and thousands and thousands of Middle Easterners into the country? Still, that's impossible. That is suicidal. And uh, I think, you know, I, I as I wrote if you don't mind, if I could just read right. some, I say, you know, non-Muslim Muslims, or as I call them, quote unquote, moderate, you know, as some call them, moderate Muslims, give the jihadist enemy cover. They're pointed to as quote unquote proof that violence has nothing to do with Islam when, in fact, non-violent Muslims are, are are basically reluctant Muslims, and they're the reason we're playing a game of Muslim roulette in the middle of the Muslim world's jihad on us. While we'd like to discriminate between moderate Muslims, extremist Muslims, etc., Muslims see us as infidels. Period. Not moderate infidels, extremist infidels, etc., but simply infidels. Since 9/11, a day that far too many, you know, Muslims when they when they when they celebrated, we've been expected to treat Muslims as if they're not only above reproach, but as if it's racist or critical Islamophobic to consider for an instant that any Muslim might be up to no good. That's the that's what we get, and we're called Islamophobes and racist for even suggesting. Wait, wait, wait. You, you well, said that guy's a, and, that guy's and, a terrorist. and let me let me say something to the people who, and you know, kind of tying this in also with your own Brooks point that we need to ban Muslim immigration during yeah. the length of this war, which should be a shorter war yes. than it is, by by the way. Um, this idea that it's supposed to go on forever, ever, and we yeah. should expect it to go on forever yes. is ridiculous. But, but, but you know, there are people who believe in open immigration to the extent that they say, look, you would be violating the rights of the, you know, the peaceful Muslims who want to come here, and how dare can you do that? Muslims keep and, proven to us that and, we have to consider well, this, and, and, we have and, to take it seriously. And you have to think of it as part of a, an overall proper foreign policy response, right? So what we are entitled to do when a group country, I mean, you know, now it's not just limited to countries, yeah. it's this amorphous blob of a, a group all motivated by the same ideology, yeah. to the extent that you can identify the group of people yeah. who are waging war against you, somewhat, you know, they, they want a global caliphate, right? To, to that extent, then you um, are entitled to do whatever is necessary to eliminate the threat yeah. with as little loss of life on your side as possible. And whatever that requires. As, as your own book uh, has written, it was a co-written article with Alex Epstein years ago, but he's also done some stuff with Alain Giorno on foreign policy. Um, to the extent that there are civilian casualties, and I would say the people who are not able to immigrate here can be thought of as part of the yes. civilian casualties. It is the fault of those who initiated force. If we're taking proper steps in self-defense, which means excluding people that we do have reason to believe could pose a danger, yep. right, 
you know, subject them to extra screening at the very least. Maybe we're going to end up keeping out some people that we we would let in if we were omniscient. But you're doing whatever you can to eliminate the threat against you. Uh, But it should be for a very limited time. Uh, You want to take another minute? Just well, yeah. Well, uh, I said when our government bureaucrats tell us, "quote If you see something, say something." Unquote. They rely on us to be the ones to decide what that means in order to protect themselves from accusations of what? Islamophobia. Islam's ideology, not a race. So what we're, what we're supposed to be looking for gets very complicated since in, in addition to Arab Muslims, there are white, black, Hispanic, female, blonde-haired, red-haired, blue-eyed Muslims as well. Right. I said, you know, this is not a call to condemn all those who call themselves Muslims. It's just a reminder that we need... It's just a reminder that we need to be better able to detect killer Muslims before they kill. And that's the job our government should be engaged in, not protecting Muslim feelings, but protecting American lives. That's right. They have to do this. Whatever it takes, it's their job. You know, people say, well, how can you? No, no, no. You figure it out. You protect us. You protect us. You make sure that you can detect who and whatnot is looking for trouble. Go on their Facebook pages if, if you think there's something up with them. Go find out anything about them because our lives are, are at stake. That's right. And they're not doing it. That's right. Thank, thank you, Bosch, for that. For people who want to read more, again, the links, all the stuff that we have been talking about tonight is over at my blog at don'tletitgo.com, including that story, Muslim, Muslim Roulette. So thank you, Bosch. Everyone, again, go to the blog at don'tletitgo.com. Continue the discussion for tonight. You can also post comments and reactions at the Facebook page for Don't Let It Go Unheard. And no thanks, MFR. Follow us on Twitter. I'm Amy Peekoff, and this is Bosch Faustin. Thank you, everyone. Have a good evening. Have a good weekend. And we will talk to you next week. Take care, everyone. Take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, any Anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.